Radio Book Rwanda. Isewanu richi mochinyarwa. Radio Book Rwanda. Radio Book Rwanda. Waiting for Words by Eric Mutsinzi. Keza glowered at Kasana, words like flames rushing from her mouth. She opened the door to their home and slammed it shut behind her. Gasana stood up from the couch, reached for his coat and made for the door. He stretched out for the door handle, but his arm seemed to remain there. He released it, ran one hand over his balding head and exhaled. Keza would return, he reassured himself. An uneasy feeling settled in his stomach. It was still there when he sat back on the couch. He pulled the coffee table in front of him, rested his legs on top and turned on the TV. She will return, he whispered. It was raining outside and Keza had broken into a full sprint. Then the tears came. She would have contained the exhaustion. She could have waited until the next day, but something had triggered her fury. She wiped the tears from her face and kept running until she reached the bar. There was laughter coming from the dark silhouettes at the bar. Cigarette smoke lingered above their heads. It was always like this at Seti's. On any other day, Gasana and Keza would have been part of the laughing crowd. The peppery smell of beef pochettes wafted from the Mutroma station. The aroma was mouth-watering, but Keza wasn't in the mood for culinary indulgences. She found a table in a dim corner of the bar and signaled to the waiter. I'll have two cold beers, please. The usual? Yes, Brian, the usual. Two Anakins coming right up. Wait. And a quarter bottle of waragi. The waiter turned to fetch Keza's order, but circled back suddenly as though he had forgotten something. And Gasana? He won't be joining me tonight. Brian fixed a polite smile on his face and went to work. He couldn't help thinking about how odd it was to see Keza unaccompanied. The white clothes made Keza's body stiffen. She looked enviously at the couple sitting next to her table, a bottle of Jemison resting between them. They, too, were regulars at Seti's. The man had one arm around the woman and was whispering in her ear. Keza sighed with relief when Brian finally arrived with the drinks. She picked up the bottle of waragi and gulped a large portion. It sent a current through her body. She clenched her teeth, then swallowed some more. She stared at the label on the bottle of gin, and memories of her graduating history students came rushing back. She remembered mentioning in one of her lectures how, by the corruption of words, war gin had been renamed waragi by the locals. The laughter that had filled the room when she was telling the story still echoed in her head, and the melancholy, not joy, that she had felt. She knew almost certainly that she would never hear a child of her own laugh that way. Keza poured herself another measure of the gin and dismissed the recollection. 
Kesa's watch showed that it was close to midnight. At 35, Kesa's hair now showed signs of grey. Not pervasive grey, like the cotton canopy that flourished on her mother's head, but close. It was the exhaustion of the days that seemed indistinguishable from the last, which had made her age quickly. How desperately she wished for that last pregnancy test to return positive. And with each negative return, the life she and Gasana had planned seemed but a fog of impossible expectations. She had entered marriage with a script in mind. She would have two or three children. She had picked out names for them, Isimbi, Mucho, Giza. Then she would pursue her PhD in history. This script mutated and rewrote itself without her permission. With kids, Udrua Legba thundered from the bar's sound system. It shook Keza out of her introspection. She signaled to Brian to pop open the first bottle of Henneken and then sift on the cold lager. Tonight's fury had been long overdue. Her relationship with Gasana was mostly dishonest kindness. After many failed attempts at having a baby, there was no longer the flame that ignited from hopes and dreams. They had settled into the undeclared conviction that they would never have children. She took another sip of the cold brew and felt the thing around her neck begin to recoil. Two tables away from her, a fist fight broke out. Two men, one short and the other tall and crony, were throwing punches and shouting obscenities at each other. The tall man threatened to hit the other with a bottle of beer, but the barman arrived in time to rescue them from each other. Soon, the two were thrown out. The music kept playing and the laughter resurfaced. It made her feel as though the world were indifferent to her pain. At home, at least Gasana shared the pain. She rubbed her hands together and blew a warm breath into her hands. Keza felt a renewed respect for Gasana. She loved him for not giving in to drink. He would have the occasional beer, but drank less than when they first met. He had sunk into an uneasy depression, but his depression was not a bottomless one. The air around Keza was getting colder, and despite the warmth from the gin, the cold brew and the soaking from the rain earlier didn't make her situation any easier. She left her second bottle of beer unfinished and pocketed what remained of the gin. She paid the waiter and left. Keza inhaled the fresh air deeply. The street lights around her were flickering. Not far from the sidewalk, a violent cheer could be heard erupting from a sports betting joint. An air of victory was mixing into the night. The house was quiet and dark when Keza arrived. The clock ticked reluctantly and a soft humming filtered from the kitchen. It was Kairevka's Mori playing on the radio. It was consoling, a heaven for her grief. The television was still on but muted. Kasana lay asleep on the living room couch. Keza considered the scene for a moment. There was a gentleness about her husband, 
his broad shoulders, his long frame, immobile and powerless. Keza turned off the television and fetched a blanket from the bedroom. When she returned, Gasana was sitting up, looking about the room. Keza laughed. She sat beside him and kissed him on the cheek. I'm sorry. Don't be. Keza drew the bottle of gin from her pocket and handed it to him. He smiled. Something like grief played on Gasana's face. He drank from the bottle and leaned into the couch. There was static coming from the radio, but Keza and Gasana didn't seem to hear it. Their gaze was fixed on a point beyond the living room wall. Gasana passed the gin to Keza, and then they reached for the spaces between them and pulled. They sat and waited for the words long avoided to form. <laughs> 